welcome to the Esquire podcast, a space to inspire women to build their brands and business without leaving their faith behind. And I'm your host, Janet Oyadele. You'll be hearing candid conversations with founders, thought leaders, and inspiring individuals on navigating faith and life as an entrepreneur. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged as you listen. This is the Ascribe Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Ascribe Podcast. Joining us today, we have a search marketing consultant who holds 15 years experience specializing in search engine optimization and organic traffic. She's currently based in London and has clients all over the UK, US and Canada. She's also the founder of Cheerfully Given, which is a marketplace for Christian gifts and stationery. Alongside this, she lectures in SEO at UAL's London College of Communication. She teaches digital marketing for L Education and has freelanced for companies as an SEO consultant for agencies across Europe and North America. I'm so excited to have with us today, Maneske Stewart. Welcome to the show, Maneske. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you for joining me. I hope you've had a lovely day. Yeah, it's great so far. I was just um, catching up with a few things after being unwell in September. So one of those days where like everything is going really well. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling like I can do this entrepreneurial thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And it's so great to have you with us. So um, I thought it'd be nice to kind of hear because you do quite a lot around digital marketing um, and you've been doing it for a number of years. It'll be nice to kind of open up by hearing a bit about your journey and your story around how you got into Yeah, so um, I have worked full time since I was 13 um, in my family's business. Uh, So my dad is Turkish, which is where my first name comes from. This is related to how I got into digital marketing. Sorry (laughs) for the life story. But um, he is Turkish and he did the like really stereotypical Turkish thing of having a kebab shop, uh, which um, we always joke about in our family because like loads of Turkish people have kebab shops. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But we um, had a kebab shop when I was growing up and I used to work in it. And in that uh, business, I used to say to my mom, there is no way I am ever, ever, ever going to run my own business or be (laughs) self-employed. Um, I was like really, really just determined to get a stable job and be an accountant and just do something that was going to pay the bills and it wasn't going to cause me any stress or angst or anything at all. Um, that family business um, for, was, was just very stressful. It was a very stressful thing for multiple reasons. But I wanted to, um, well, needed to for my family earn some extra money. So in 2005, um, I started working as a freelance copywriter for this agency in Poland. And they were an SEO agency that provided content. And it was back in like 2005, uh, in the days where Google wanted you to keyword stuff everything in order to get to the top of your search rankings. So I had this part-time job with this um, uh, Polish agency where I would write about 30 to 60 articles a week for them. Uh, And they were all being, they were like rewritten medical articles and all kinds of random things. Um, But basically I would be researching keywords and then rewriting articles with these keywords in them X amount of times. And um, I would get paid $3 per article for that, which is um, very shady in terms of it's not very much money to get paid. (laughs) Um, But that was my first introduction to search marketing. And I had 
have done it as a freelancer or as a contractor ever since. Um, I worked for a Christian charity for three years um, in my early 20s when I was like very much like right now it's time to get a profession, be an accountant and do the sort of sensible office job thing. Um, I was getting pressure from my Turkish family um, to have a profession as well. I think like um, coming from an immigrant family, there's a lot of uh, pressure for the next generation to, um, you know, do do better and to professionally. So um, the accountancy decision uh, was very much influenced by that sort of family uh, family input as well. And um, I did, I continued to do freelance marketing um, while while I was working for the Christian uh, charity and then just realized that actually I'm really good at marketing and um, I wanted to do it more full-time so um, I've had quite a varied career um, I've obviously done copywriting and um, I've done quite a lot of SEO for agencies where it's project-based and we'll go in and do like a big review of companies um, search engine presence and um, optimize their website and so on uh, and then uh, in 2005, I set up um, Cheerfully Given, which is an e-commerce marketplace. Um, I'd already worked a lot with um, uh, different platforms and technologies and uh, startups and things like that as well. So I felt like um, the skill set for that was just sort of quite a natural transition into running that. Um, and I've continued to be um, a marketing consultant over the last three to four years particularly but I'm more transitioning into the education side of things now so I teach a lot of SEO um I I still I'm a practitioner for some projects um but I tend to do marketing consultancy as like a chief marketing officer uh, so it's much more like strategically focused um rather than it being um you know in the nitty-gritty in that optimizing pages on uh, you know on my own on my own time I've got team members who do that and so on so um it's been yeah a very journey but that's kind of the the start of the digital marketing journey for me was really that um need it was you know a financial need for my family to have um extra money in the house and um yeah just it was what was available and it just led to this ongoing fascination with how the internet works I mean, thank you for sharing that. And that's so um, interesting to even listen to hearing how you've navigated it over um, the past couple of years and just kind of evolved in that journey. Um, what would you say has helped you to stay um, focused in this specific space? Because I know you mentioned finance and, you know, working in finance at first, and then you realised that you had more of an interest in digital marketing. What has helped you to stay focused and to really niche down into this area as your speciality? Um, like purely passion for it, I think. Um, uh, finance stuff, um, I could do it, but I wasn't really passionate about it. And the sort of monotony of um, doing the same tasks every day is not something that is in my skill set at all. <laughs> I'm like really not very good at, um, administratively as a person. Um, and I've always been really passionate about marketing um, in the sense of... Um, the thing that makes you good at marketing is having a real understanding of humanity. Like the, the more you understand humanity, the better you are at marketing because marketing is effectively communicating people's problems to them before they realize that they've got the problem. Mm -hmm. So there's um, a degree of um, just, 
you know, you need to, you need to be perceptive. You need to sort of uh, understand human behavior. There's definitely like a, a psychological element to it, not in a, you know, a psychology is its own profession, but you definitely need to have some basic understanding of that. And I think just the focus of um, marketing can be done very, very badly indeed. But um, what I love most about it is that you are hel- you're, you're helping people find an answer to their problem. So when you do marketing, when it's done at its absolute best, is intrinsically um, a very generous act uh, for businesses because they are positioning themselves in um, the most transparent light possible to say, look, here's the solution that we offer. If you have a problem, this is how we can solve it. Uh, and so that's what I really love about marketing. And that's, what I think, why I've gotten more into the strategy side of things recently is because you're very much helping companies with the positioning of themselves. So it's like, okay, how do we make sure that we are in everything that we do as a brand communicating the problems that we solve and the values that we hold and the mission that we want to make happen in the world that's so so great I think it's so lovely to even hear that definition of marketing and how important it is for organizations and businesses to really understand um, their consumers their clients their community their communities and see how they can really connect um, in the best way possible to serve their needs so what would you say um, has been some of the key marketing trends that have evolved in the past few years that you've found? Yeah, so I think back in like the noughties when I first started doing search, uh, search engine optimization, there was definitely a trend of, you know, we need to make sure that we're using, um, S, you know, SEO, blogging, keyword stuffing our websites. Um, and that was a big trend. And you, you can see now in the entrepreneurial space, there are lots of people who are, you know, quite big thought leaders who started a blog 10 to 12 years ago. And now they're, you know, um, business influencers. And um, Melissa Griffin is an example of, of, of one of those people. But there's quite a lot of people who started their businesses like 10 to 12 years ago based on content. And um, then they've sort of transitioned um, through uh, their business through the following trends. Now, um, what happened when uh, like Facebook and Instagram started was that we sort of sort of move away from search engines because it wasn't sexy anymore. You know, it's not like it's no longer the cool marketing and um, social media is just like so much more interesting. So seeing things like Facebook and Instagram pop up, Pinterest, which interestingly, Pinterest is actually a search engine, even though it gets lumped in with social media, but Pinterest is a search engine algorithm. And then we see YouTube as well as the same format. It's a, it's a, it's a social media content in the sense that you can engage on it, but it's actually uh, built on a search algorithm. And so people transitioned away from thinking about search engines and how they appeared and instead talked about, um, you know, their social media platforms, built audiences on there. But what's interesting about social media is the angle is very different. So what we've ended up with is a whole lot of people who've built a platform talking about themselves. And so they're talking about themselves on their social media channels and people are coming to listen to them talk about themselves. Um, And then when an algorithm update happens on social media, um, you know, say somebody starts promoting their products on their social media accounts, those things um, get 
a much lower reach um, than if they're just talking about themselves. Um, and so people are starting to see things like their sales being impacted and so on and have really realized the danger of building their business on somebody else's platform. And now we're seeing a transition back to things like email marketing and search engine optimization, which are focused around optimizing your presence um, in a way that you control. So you control your website and your website platform, you control your email list and people are definitely starting to take that much more seriously. So I think it's done full circle over the last 15 years or so. That's so interesting. And I think it's so great that you was able to share the differences between SEO, so search engine optimization and social media, because I feel like sometimes people may just focus on one or they might not be aware of the others. Um, So what would you say is the importance of having an SEO strategy? I know you've mentioned about having it on your own platform, but beyond that, how can that help your business in terms of growth? Yeah, so from uh, I always talk about the short versus long term strategies that we um, are always implementing in our marketing, whether or not we realize it. So um, things that uh, are included in short term marketing are things like our social media, organic social media. Um, things like paid advertising as well, um, anything where you take an action and then within a certain period of time, like within 24 to 72 hours, you see a result. So if I post on Instagram about um, a product for Cheerfully Given, then within 12 to 24 hours, we've typically sold a number of those products. And so um, the that idea of like short-term marketing is um, you take an action and then you see a result. With longer-term marketing, there's a bigger distance between you taking the action and you seeing the the sale come through. So the return on investment takes longer to see. And for things like that, we might see building our email list. So building our email list is, uh, you know, a longer term asset in our business. We don't always see sales um, when we're nurturing that audience. Um, Search engine optimization, which is really establishing our brand as um, the expert or the authority in a particular area. And then other things like PR as well, um, which are much more about around um, brand awareness and even things like brand advocacy and just really uh, building up uh, people's loyalty to your brand. And um, that is something that will pay you dividends in the future. And again, I'm just going to use e-commerce as an example, but we have e-commerce as an industry is much busier in quarter four than at any point of the rest of the year. Um, but during quarters one, two and three, if you ignore your audience, they're not going to come back and buy from you in quarter four. So sometimes the activity that we're doing throughout the year in our marketing is um, just it, it's keeping people warm and engaged and making sure that they feel seen and heard and served. Um, and then we see the benefit of that financially when it comes around to quarter four. So um, really understanding the difference between the benefits of short-term and long-term marketing is important and actually holding them in tension together. So we're always having some short-term stuff because that's giving us the cash flow and then long-term stuff, which is um, you know building a resilient brand that is going to last for years to come. Um, so implementing search engine optimization comes into that idea of longer-term marketing Marketing. It isn't something that gives us immediate immediate results, um, but it is something that is going to help us, um, you know, uh, see traffic to come to our we- website and so on for years to come. The short term impact of SEO is that when we do things like keyword research, which is the bedrock of search engine optimization. 
when we um when we do keyword research we understand our customers problems in the language that they're using about their problems because we might have the solution to a problem but our customer is like way further behind us on that journey and so sometimes we can lose uh, sight of the language that is used at the beginning of the customer journey and doing keyword research refreshes that in our minds and it can just help us to understand our customers more effectively to create products and services that solve those problems most effectively and to communicate them in a way that the customer understands uh, using language that they are currently using. That's yeah that's so so crucial I think that there's so much to learn from you know having a short-term strategy and a long-term strategy but also what you mentioned about you know managing expectations and understanding the timing of the impact um, and being able to see that okay I might be doing something in the for, for the long term and I might not get immediate results but I can at least be committed to that journey knowing that it will yield results working mm. with like small businesses and founders and startups what would you say is some of the challenges that they face when it comes to developing a marketing strategy so the first thing is that when we when we start out our businesses and I understand this from personal experience as an e-commerce founder when you're in startup mode everything is short term it's like if I think about the long there's no point in thinking about the long term if the short term is uncertain so you know when you're first starting out everything feels like um, you need to hustle and you know make sure that you're getting clients in sales in uh, to keep the business going and you know things like that and so we can get caught in that um sort of Panic is the wrong word for it, but it's just that sense of like, I need to keep moving. Otherwise things might all collapse around me. And so many entrepreneurs and founders feel that sense, especially when they're first starting out. Um, and it, it can be very difficult to lift your mindset out of that short term thinking to consider the long-term impact of the decisions that you're making and the most impressive people that I've worked with in business have always been very good at managing the short-term needs of a brand new business uh, while also thinking you know six to twelve steps ahead for okay what is the impact of this and where do we need to go um, so I'm working with a client at the minute and it's still very new and there's a few things that are happening where we're having to make decisions that are very much short term but also understanding how we need to pivot the business in the next 12 to 18 months to serve the real vision of where the business is going so um that sounds really overwhelming and I don't mean it to sound like oh you need to cultivate the scale of being able to see 12 steps ahead in your marketing you really don't at all but I think it's more just to highlight that it's it's something that everyone struggles with to some degree or other um I'm a you know Christian as well and so when we're Christians we are also taught to take each day as it comes and sometimes planning ahead can feel quite faithless and um, because we're we're not meant to you know make big plans for the future we're meant to take every day as it comes and wait for Jesus to return and so um sometimes in some certain Christian cultures um even uh, business planning five year, years ahead of time just feels so like against what we're taught to do that it becomes um, difficult as well for people and I think just um, really when it comes to that marketing strategy point of view it's like where are you now and where do you want to go and what are the steps that you need to take to get there like that's the strategy um, and just taking a day out to really think through that helps you clarify um, what 
you know, what, what, what you, what you need to do next in your business, because at the moment we could be taking action that's going to take us in, you know, in the direction of more sales. But if ultimately we're trying to build something that's about impact, are we also holding that intention as we seek to make sales? Um, and those are just, you know, impact and sales, are coexist and um, but just to use um, that as an example because they're often two things that are talked about um as you know this this idea of impact uh, versus this idea of like huge profitability they don't always coexist in businesses um so if you just um just use that as the as the main example really um you need the sales to keep your business growing but you also want to make sure you're always steering your path back to mm-hmm. whatever your core values are as a business and what it is that you want to achieve. Yeah, I think that's so great. And I think just like you mentioned, I think it's having that balance and Mm. being at that place where you can try and find the balance between some of your short-term activities and some of your long-term activities. And I think that's what effective business leadership is about um, because I think it can be easy to, um, to get caught up in just instant results and just wanted to see things happen immediately but it's having that faith and that belief that over time um, you'll be building something that is going to be sustainable something that will be able to stand the test of time um, and that will require effort and continuous effort Mm. so I think that's so so crucial Um, in terms of like once you've kind of gone past that startup stage and you've kind of grown your business or you've grown your brand I know especially in like the context of the business world which is always evolving things are always changing technology is always advancing what would you say is the importance of having a very close um, eye on your marketing strategy and not being afraid to pivot or to make changes um, to see results that you want to see yeah, so one of the thing interesting things that happens is so many businesses and business owners have a bit of an identity crisis when they get out of the sort of startup mode or when they take the next step to the next level. So um, one of the things that we hear a lot about in you know business culture, people are always talking about it, is like breaking that next glass ceiling when it comes to things like um, business growth or revenue or whatever it is. And it's really that idea that what we have done to get us here isn't going to get us to that next step. And so we're constantly needing to revisit our, um, like our purpose and what we exist for and what our goals are while also holding in a balance the ways that we're serving our customers. So it's that self-awareness as a business, which is difficult to cultivate culturally when you start to grow and develop, you know, bigger teams and so on. But you're also being very aware of like how you communicate with your audience. Because if you start out with a smaller brand that can talk to everyone individually and then you transition, like it's not scalable. So understanding that sometimes our marketing activities and strategies need to shift. Um, So for Cheerfully Given at the minute, we're thinking about how do we create that sense of uh, community and that sense of personal contact without me needing to spend eight hours a day talking to people on Facebook groups. <laughs> so um, there's 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 things that will have worked really well to get our brand to a certain point, but unless we approach it strategically, we can't understand always how to bottle up the essence of what that is. So, like, what is it when people talk? talk to each other on social media like what are they what are they looking for they're looking for connection so if what you've done so far is 
provide connection in a much more like one-to-one format where you're having those conversations, um, that gets to a point where it's no longer scalable and you hit that glass ceiling. So what you can do, um, you know, when you've got that strategic ability to look at, okay, what's the essence of the problem that we're solving here? Well, it's a, you know, it's this need for community, you know, speaking into one particular area of that. So how do we take the essence of that and make it and put it into a scalable model? Uh, so when we're looking at our marketing, we're thinking about all, all kinds of things. We're thinking about resources. We're thinking about our audience. We're thinking about the, the way that it's serving our goals as well. Um, and I think we need to not be afraid to stop doing things if they're not working. Um, so sometimes things are working for our customers, but they're not working for us. And if they don't work for us, then we're, it's not sustainable, is it? So um, when it comes to marketing activities, um, for me, people love talking to me <laughs> and I love talking to people, but my business isn't going to grow if I spend my day fulfilling the needs of my customers who want to talk to me, because actually I need to be able to focus on other things that are going to help the business impact even more people. So sometimes we need to be willing to say, actually, this is working for our existing audience. But if we want to take this to the next level, we need to um, systematize it. We need to make it scalable. We need to change how it's delivered. And we need to be willing to say goodbye to things that are working. Sometimes they might be good in order to make it better. Mm. I think that's so, so key. Um, Yeah, I feel like there are going to be times, pivotal moments where we have to adapt or we have to change things. And it's just understanding that is for the betterment of the business. And it's also in order for you to stay um, aligned to the purpose and, you know, the plans that you had from the onset will require some adjusting along the way. Um, and all of that is necessary. So, yeah, it's great to know that that is necessary, especially from a marketing perspective where, Markets will change, um, trends will mm. come, trends will go, um, customer needs will be presented in different ways. So it's just about being very focused um, and understanding of the cl- current climate and the current times. Um, to, yeah, and to feed into that as well, like we often keep doing things because we feel like there's this kind of expectation on us from somewhere but ultimately when we run our businesses we need to have the discernment and confidence to make decisions that serve the vision and the purpose that we have so if we're doing something and we've fallen into you know a way of doing things because it works we need to just be willing to say actually it's fine for me to say no to this and to change how we're doing it like nobody at most people might comment and say oh I don't think you should do that but you you, if you have the confidence and resilience and discernment as a business owner to say this is where I'm going this is what I'm really clear on as our purpose and I know this isn't serving that so even though it might be profitable or even though people might like it just being willing to say actually no I'm moving away from this because it doesn't it's not right uh it's not right for us for where we are now um so many people just stay in that space of doing that thing that doesn't feel quite right because they feel like they should but you don't need to feel that way like you can just you know be bold in your decision uh decision making and if something doesn't feel right for your business then um nobody Nobody is going to mind long term, you know, it's not going to go down in the history books as like, remember that time Manexha <laughs> decided to stop doing that thing because she was working 18 hours a day and she was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to remember that. So um, just, yeah, being willing to say no to things as well mm. makes us better at what, yeah, makes us better as business leaders as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I think as well, um, like what you said, it's really about having that boldness um, and seeking that wisdom, which we can do biblically, you know, through the word, um, through prayer, through community, but then also through people like yourself who are consultants and reaching out to find out, okay, what can I be doing differently and not being afraid to make um, to make those changes is so, mm-hmm. so critical, um, especially when it comes to business. So yeah. let's hear a bit about your journey. And I know you've, you've found it... Um, cheerfully given um how has that journey been for you so far alongside the fact that you do consult and you're now moving into more of an educational space how have you found leading um cheerfully given and then also balancing it around other pursuits that you have at the moment yes i mean i like cheerfully given is literally like i love it so much it's my passion i cannot wait for the day that i can do it full time um as well as much as i love doing the consultative work that i'm that i do um i've changed the way that i work because um so part of the reason i'm doing more of the education focused stuff as well is because um, it's the most efficient use of my time. So I can teach one to many in a really, you know, I could do three hours a week of, of, of teaching and I then can focus the rest of my time on Cheerfully Given. Um, running a startup is difficult and um, Cheerfully Given is a very resource-heavy startup because of the technology behind it. It's basically a tech startup, but we've not done any sort of venture capital raising or anything. And so it has been exhausting (laughs) Uh, balancing it because um we have a really big vision and I say we because I've got a team now of where we're going with this business and we've had to bootstrap it and that is its own challenge and it's it's been it has been really tiring um I love it and I'm so passionate about I'm so passionate about all of the amazing creatives that sell on our platform and uh it's just such a joy uh to serve them as well um and the growth has been really exciting to see and it's just getting to a point where things start are starting to feel a bit easier which is really nice um but (laughs) balancing balancing things is hard because the other thing is you see the most growth when you can just focus on one thing and I think that's true in every area of life like focus allows scale to happen quickly and Mm. um balancing the frustrations of not being able to put that focus in place because of the financial needs of basically I work as a freelance consultant to fund big website updates for cheerfully given Mm. is um, you know our first website um like out of our beta platform cost £23,000 and we have you know we've probably spent ten to £12,000 on it a year since as well um as and we've got like a big core update coming up next year that's another sort of 50000 so in terms of investment financially is very intense mm-hmm. and um that can be a really demoralizing thing when you're running a business and especially you know when you're a woman <laughs> you know like nine percent of venture funding goes to goes to women so it can sometimes feel a bit um like there isn't a path forward uh, without just like mad levels of hustle and um I'm grateful that I've been able to do the work that I have been able to do alongside running Cheerfully Given because um, I definitely think the Lord has provided for the business through that. It hasn't been the easiest. And I think um, 
resilience is underrated mm-hmm. and often in Christian circles we can feel like if something's hard it isn't blessed and um, I've definitely cultivated a really deep theology of suffering before glory <laughs> as I've gone through this process where we see when we look at the life of Jesus we see him going through all of this earthly suffering and going through like death on the cross and literally going through hell and coming out the other side into victorious new life in order for us to follow him in that and it really shows us that pattern of like suffering before glory like we if we expect glory now especially as business owners and people who are starting things out and you know life can be really tough um but as we do that we need to always remember um the impact that our life and work has on the kingdom of god and for me the most exciting thing about the business is the fact that it shares jesus with people and so that's why even though it's been really deeply difficult with chiefly given i like have continued and it's really because it's just exciting to see the fact that people put art prints in their homes and then have conversations with visitors about Jesus. And um, the, you know, my, I'm from a Muslim family and just being able to have artwork around my home that shares Jesus. It's like, an, it's an amazing thing. And so there's multiple, you know, multiple reasons that I love, uh, love the business. Um, but the fact that it shares Jesus is, has, has kept me going through that. And not everybody has that same level of um, explicit motivation because obviously Chiffy gives a very explicitly Christian business. So it's sharing that message in a way that um, other businesses don't. But that idea of um, we are given gifts and a purpose and we are called uh, to share Jesus with the gifts that we have been given and like whether or not we are stacking shelves in a supermarket or we're working as an accountant or we are doing marketing or whatever it is that we're doing you know colossians 3 23 it tells us to work hard as to the lord and that is in anything that we're doing so if we're driving vans for dpd or if we're working in what society sees as quite menial or like low value jobs um we're doing that for we're doing these things for one uh, an audience of one the living god is seeing the work that we're doing and how we show up as christians in our character in our attitudes in the way that we serve people in the way that we um share jesus with people like those that is the thing that matters so if you're currently running a business and um you know things feel hard please just remember that you you know, people see your character and are impacted by that. And your character is often shown the most when you are feeling the most pressured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's those opportunities are a gift um, to, yeah, to share Jesus as well. That's so great. And it's so, so inspiring to even hear how you've, you know, how you put that across in the sense that, you know, our Christian faith is demonstrated through our gifts, through our characters, um, and also through our challenges as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so crucial to understand that in this journey as a business owner, as a business founder, you're not doing it alone, that God's giving you that vision and he's walking hand in hand with you um, with every step that you're taking. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to know that even though there are challenges, it's not an absence of God's power. It's just a realization that there will be something better to come and there is glory ahead. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, for anyone that is feeling a bit pressured or feeling a bit low or confused, um, it's really about how you draw closer to God, reminding yourself of the purpose and the plans that he has for you and for the business. Um, so I guess in, in 
terms of us wrapping up this um, this episode, I think it will be just nice to hear how you've grown or how you've seen yourself grow as a woman since starting your business um, and some of the things that you'll say are a highlight for you since, you know, your entrepreneurial journey, which started back when you were um, supporting your, your family. Yeah, so I grew up in a church that, um, so so basically my dad's a Muslim and my Turkish family all Muslim and my mum became Christian when I was a small child and um, she took me and my brother to church and she was really faithful in teaching us about Jesus. Um, but that was in the context of a, a, uh, a church that really firmly believed that men were leaders and women were there to um, have families and to serve. And so I grew up in um, a culture, a church culture that very much expected women to have a meek and gentle spirit and to get married and to have children and to serve coffee after church and to... Um, I wrestled a lot with that because I really not like that culturally, <laughs> like even culturally, like my Turkish personality is so loud and so expressive <laughs> and makes my, so my husband's Northern Irish and my in-laws are absolutely amazing. I love them so much, but boy, were they uncomfortable with my personality when they first met me <laughs> because I'm just a very loud, expressive person. And so I have just even like fundamentally for like, who am I? Like, is it wrong for me to laugh loudly if I find something funny? Is it wrong for me to be, you know, expressive and excited and passionate about things and eat like just those fundamental things where it's like, Oh, that's my personality. Is that sinful? Um, was a real, it was a real journey. And I think like when I first started the business, I felt quite apologetic almost for having this desire to, um, to do something more and to have impact and it's really been a case of just like um the living God like showing us like we get all of our identity is in Jesus isn't it and as soon as we start to take anyone else's opinions about what we should be like we get ourselves into a proper mess. Mm. <laughs> it's like northern, northern proper coming out there in my Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, but we get ourselves into a proper mess and we just think, oh, like, who should I be? And we don't need to think, I don't need to look at, like, culturally what's expected of me to have a meek and gentle spirit from some person. Like, that's not, that isn't actually what the Bible teaches. And, um, yeah, like, our spirit is to be, like Jesus and so sometimes that is being quiet in the face of suffering and sometimes that is being encouraging and um you know I am really good at encouraging people like I am good at you know lifting people up and so and part of that is because I've got an expressive personality and so understanding the things that when people say to you you're too much or you know, you're taking up too much space or you're being too loud or whatever it is. And um, yeah, there are, there are positives and negatives to all of our personality traits. But I think like they're ultimately given to us from the living God and we want to serve him with them. So uh, just having that confidence to offer up my personality <laughs> and say, mm. um, this is, this is who I am. Like take away the bits that aren't reflective of who Jesus is, but use it to use it for your glory. And just to say, um, um, and then just to show up in that way with people, it's a very vulnerable thing. And I think as business owners, we can feel like we need to act and be a certain way in order to grow our businesses. And 
that's not true. You to grow your business, you need to go all in in the gifts that you have been given, even if they're typically things that people have told you that's not how you should be or you need to moderate yourself. Um so that's one that's one thing that's definitely been a journey for me as I've mm-hmm. been running the business. Um also um like challenging yourself. So I out of my comfort zone intentionally on a very regular basis uh my husband my husband is a church leader and he is like really stable as a person and he cannot understand me sometimes because I'm like oh no this is like that's really overwhelming to think about I'm gonna go do it and for him that's like just not how his brain works at all but I think um when we have that growth mindset as business leaders as well it's um we're always putting ourselves in a position to learn more and to be better and to do to you know to do better um so uh that has also been something that has given me learning experiences but also just saying like uh, that's an intentional way to live in business and it will help you grow. Like I am, I am much further ahead in my marketing skills and abilities, um, than I was three years ago, because for three years I have really intentionally put myself in situations that have felt uncomfortable or where I have been like the least intelligent person in the room. Um, and sometimes we can avoid those things because our ego is like, oh no, that that hurts. But those are the situations in which we can learn the most and grow the most. Um, mm. So just having the humility and vulnerability to show up and ask questions that people might think are stupid um, will help you grow immensely as well. Yeah, that's so great. And I think having personality is so crucial. I feel like there's no right or wrong way the way God's designed you is the way he needs you to show up Um, Mm. and especially in business because although there might be multiple people in the same saturated market you bring something different when you bring your personality through so Mm. I think that's so crucial and every lesson um, that we learn in life should point back to God and how much God needs us to bring out our identity in him but to also bring something different to the world around us so Mm. that's such an amazing way to wrap up the show thank you so much for sharing with us um thank you for having me it's been so amazing hearing all the different insights and expertise from a digital marketing perspective but also your business journey um, and your faith in god so thank you so much for joining us um and we look forward to seeing so much more from you in the future thank you so much for having me it's been a joy thank you thank you for listening to the ascribe podcast If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe as it allows other entrepreneurial women like yourself to find the show. If you would like to find out more about Ascribe, visit us at ascribeculture.com. Enjoy the rest of your day and take care.